We are so glad that you're joining us today. If you're online, we say welcome. And we're so glad and thankful that you're a part of what God is doing here. And I don't know if you were here last week, <clears throat> Sunday morning, but Sunday morning was awesome. <laughs> you might say, well, every Sunday is great. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> but last Sunday was even more awesome than that. <laughs> but um, I was here just on the front row and listening to Pastor as they came in. And, and uh, you know, we, we pray on Saturday mornings for our services. And uh, there's, we're praying for God just to come down and God to meet us and God to open our ears so that we can hear and walk in the Word even more than we ever have before. And, and uh, last Sunday, it was just like everything was opened and opened and opened. And what I mean by that, it was just like when, when Pastor was ministering the Word, it was just like, oh, like, yeah, I don't know, like you just had the best meal of your life. You ever see, you know, in our, our announcements, you see Katrina holding up the cheeseburger or hamburger. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so it's like we just had this fat and juicy cheeseburger. And it we're so, not that it's healthy, but we were so full. We were so full of junk, but yet it was great. You know? But it was so good last week. And I hope, you know, you can't get the word just one time and think you can live it and walk in it. But if you'll purpose to go online, it'll, it'll take a, getting a computer out or maybe getting your handy phone out and just go online and you can listen to that message again and again and again because that message will get you over in life. And so many times we struggle in life, this living this life, but that's the things that help exhort you to get you through what you need to get through. And so it was just a great message. But today is going to be even better. <laughs> All my ladies are, yeah. <laughs> so thankful for the women in here. No, <laughs> just kidding. But uh, let's pray real quick before we get started. Lord, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that it's life to us today. We thank you that it's going to encourage us and it is going to help us move from this place to the place of victory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, we, the topic that we are on right now is called intervention. And so I'm just going to run through some things that Pastor has been going over the last couple of weeks and just what intervention is. When you look up the word intervention, it says that it is an orchestrated attempt by one or many people. You ever seen that on Dr. Phil? Or <laughs> Usually family and friends, people that are close to you, to get someone to seek help with a crisis or other serious problems. An intervention relies heavily on having the family as a whole enter a phase of recovery. Amen. We're in the phase of recovery. This helps take the focus off the struggling individual and notes the need for the entire family unit to change in an effort for everyone who is involved to get healthy. Oh, that's really good. So we could say it like this. Intervention the spiritual way. We are working as a family unit, helping each other, growing in God to get from this place to the next place, to grow and get further in God, growing more in the Word and growing more in prayer, in His Spirit, and just following God. And he's been uh, ministering on the Apostle Paul wrote letters to the church over in Corinthians. Those letters were letters of intervention. Isn't that awesome? Never thought of it that way. And when he said that, I was like, it is. <laughs> a 
letters of intervention. There were letters of exhortation to exhort you to keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job. Now let's just go further. There were letters of correction. We need that from God to show us when we're, we're not quite doing it the way God wants us to do it. And they were letters of direction. God gives us the clear direction of what we need to do, when we need to do it, and how we need to do it. And so all these letters are letters of an intervention, and we're going to look at those today. But he mentioned in a church there are people at all, all different places in life, <clears throat> all different places in their walk with God. As a new believer, it's unrealistic to think that you know what to do. <laughs> when you say, yes, I want Jesus, that's all I know right now. <laughs> now what do I do? Well, that's where we are here to help. But you, there's not any pressure that you, you need to know it all and know what to do right now. No, that's where you grow. But it's also unrealistic that length of time in church means stability or maturity. Well, if you've ever been in church for a long time, you tend to just think that way. <laughs> well, you've been in church for like 30 years, then you know a lot. Well, that doesn't always mean that. You could have been in a religious church, or you could have been in this church that wasn't about the Word, or just whatever. Maybe you're just in and out of church, and you think, now I'm ready to be committed to God. There's no shame in that. We're all at different places, but we are all growing together. And that's the thing we share in common and with each other. So if you'll go with me, you can turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. This is still kind of the review from what Pastor was ministering last week. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, it says, For all the promises of God... In him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. So I don't know about you, but do you ever look at scriptures like word by word? I do that. And so it says, all the promises of God, yay, are in him. They're yes, yay. God says I can have them, but they're in him. To the glory of God through us. And so you got to, like, pull it apart. So, all the promises are in Him. And they're yes, and they're in Him. So we're going to talk about how we get those promises in Him. The next one was 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, Now thanks be to God, who always, always, not sometimes, he always, never have to doubt it, he said always, leads us in triumph. Well, he didn't say it's automatic. He said he leads you <laughs> in triumph in Christ. So my triumph is in Christ and what Christ did for me. But if I want to have triumph, I've got to be in him. And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. So that just means I'm so full of God that it just comes out of me. And it gets on everything around me and everybody around me. You ever been around somebody that's about a football game or a basketball game or a golf game and try to go across the board, all the sports? <laughs> you ever been excited about a game? Yes. 
I know pastor gets really excited when those golf tournaments are on the TV and the kids are like, really? I don't want to watch golf. And he says, well, you're going to have to right now. <laughs> and they're like, whatever. <laughs> but you get excited when there's a, a game because you want your team to win. But it's getting excited. But then there's the work of the play. Or winning isn't just automatic. Being triumph or winning a game just automatically come on you. They have to work hard, don't they? They have to practice. They have to train. They have to get ready for it. Well, how come we think come over to church, ask Jesus to come into our lives, give God the direction in our life, and we think, well, it should be automatic. I told you, like, I do, God, and so because I told you, yes, I want you, so now you just perform. (laughs) Well, God needs a little bit more from us. And it's really just a little bit, but we make it seem like it's so big and so much. But hopefully today I can help make it smaller to you where it's easy to believe God for what you need. You know, uh, where are the promises are in the triumph. He leads us to triumph in Christ. It sounds good to our ears, right, to be on the winning team that he's going to lead us. So we say, well, I think I will try this God thing. There's, there's people that come in and out of church, in and out of church, and say, well, I'm going to try God. I'm going to give God uh, a month. I'm going to give God six months, and I'm going to see what he does in my life. And that's going to determine if I stick with God or not. Well, we can't try God. When you think of like a diet or uh, exercising, when you've never dieted before, and then you're saying, okay, I'm going to try dieting. Do you think it's going to work? <laughs> I can tell you it's not going to work. <laughs> when, you, when you say, okay, yeah, we're going to exercise and we're going to do it and we're going to, yeah. Well, you have to purpose and be committed that you're going to do it. As I'm sure there are people here that will say, yes, you have to commit to it. Even in your marriage, you have to commit to your marriage. You can't just try marriage and see if it works. Now the world will say, well, just try it. If it don't work, you got your prenups, you got, you know, divorce, you have options. Well, no, there's no options. Now sometimes those things need to happen, but be committed and then we'll see it through. And that's everything in life. We can't just try it. So with an attitude of I'll try it, it will always lead us to failure. Always. If I'm going to try God, it's not going to help because there'll come the day the devil's going to come and make sure that he comes. (laughs) He's always there, always on time. But you know, last week we learned that we should not be ignorant of his devices. When you look up the word devices, it said someone that has a particular aim and a particular purpose to get you off track. Well, that sounds like the devil to me. He's always trying to get you off track, get you away from God and away from your purpose that God, that Jesus died for to give you a purpose in life. And so we're going to look at this today. Uh, I'm I'm going to go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. We're going to look at the church of Corinth. We're looking at the things that he talked about in here. Now, you're going to, in this particular chapter, uh, is a lot about money and giving But I'm not here to talk to you about money today and giving of your money. Not at all. Although you can apply it. So if God speaks to you in that, let God speak to you. 
but I, I'm not here to talk about money, so I don't want you to hear me talking about money today. We're going to talk about a principle today that's going to get you over in your relationship with God. And so a lot of times you, you come up, you ever feel like <laughs> you come up to a wall and then you just keep coming up to the wall and like you can't get through the wall. <laughs> I was going to say you've been there. <laughs> but that wall seems like it never leaves. Well, you, in your relationship with God, it's the same way. You ever get to those places where you just feel stagnant, just feel stale, just feel like you're not doing what God wants you to do, feel like it's hard, feel like, Lord, I'm struggling, and you said it wouldn't be this way, so I'm, and you're almost ready just to give up. Just trying, God. No, it's sticking with it. But it's when you come up to that wall, it's finding out what's going to get that wall to come down. How can I press and get through to the other side? And so everybody goes through that, every single person. I don't care if you've been in ministry for a long time, if you just got born again, the devil is the devil. And he's seeking whoever. You have a name, he's after you. <laughs> so, so we're just teaching you how to get through the devil and how to, to uh, uh, get through when he comes talking to you. It don't matter because you're so full of God and what God's got on the inside for you that it don't matter who comes against you. Amen? And so when you look at, we're going to look today at the principle of faith. Here's that word again, faith. So I'm going to make it real simple today. God's going to help me make it real simple today so that when you leave here, <clears throat> you're going to know faith. You're going to, it's going to be easy to walk through faith and apply it to your life. When you simply look up the word principle, it's defined as a law or fact that explains how something works or why something happens. Uh, it's also an adopted rule or method for application in action. So faith involves action. So we could say it like this. Faith is the operating rule of action. It is the law or fact that explains how something works or why something happens. The principle of faith. And so if you're going to move forward with God in your relationship with God, you're going to decide, God, I'm committing my life to you. Not holding back. I'm committing to you. Then it's going to take the principle of faith every day. But it's sticking with it. And if you'll stick with it, you'll find the blessings of God that you have been looking for for a long time. And so let's go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I'm going to read it out of the Message Bible, so i got my phone here. Phones are so awesome. <laughs> iPads, phones, <laughs> you name it. <laughs> so we'll just start from the beginning, and then I'm going to just, we're just going to study the Word this morning. Is that okay? Because that's what's going to help you. So it says, uh, this is Paul saying, Now, friends, I want to report on the surprising and generous ways in which God is working in the churches in Macedonia. He says, fierce troubles came down on the people of those churches. Ever been there? Fierce trouble? He didn't just say trouble. So there's some major things coming down on these people. Uh, pushing them to the very limit. You ever been pushed to the limit? <laughs> I like to say over the limit. <laughs> the trial exposed their true colors. 
when we go through things, what's inside of us, it gets exposed if we've been seeking God or just trying God. They were incredibly happy, though desperately poor. Well, that don't sound like if you're desperately poor, you're not just poor. Maybe you're, uh, maybe there's things that are a little tight. That's not what he's saying. He's saying they're hurting. <laughs> they're really hurting bad. They need some money like now, and we're talking thousands of dollars. <laughs> uh, that, I, don't, I don't know how you can be happy and be poor and put them together. But he's reporting these people were desperately poor, yet they were incredibly happy. The pressure triggered something totally unexpected, an outpouring of pure and generous gifts. I was there and saw it for myself. They gave offerings of whatever they could, far more than they could afford, pleading for the privilege of helping others. So we're talking about the, the biblical principle of faith. We're not talking about money, but we're talking about giving. I mean, we're, t- we're not talking about money, but we're talking about being committed to God. These people were going through things of life, but yet they were happy. They were poor, but yet something was moving them to do more, to have more. So let's keep reading. This was totally spontaneous, entirely their own idea and caught us completely off guard. What explains it was that they had first given themselves unreservedly to God. First. So, it's like this. God, I commit my life to you. Holding nothing back. Doesn't mean we won't mess up. God's okay with that. God just wants your heart. But the, in the world, we try all kinds of things all the time, don't we? You buy things just to try it, see if it works. See if, well, uh, they say this thing is a really great tool and it'll work great. So well, I bought it just to try it and see if it really works. Well, that might be okay to start, but there ought to be a, a time there where you switch to, no, I'm committed to God because I want to see this thing through. So the other giving simply flowed out of the purposes of God working in their lives. So first we commit our lives to God, but then something happens where God fills us and His purposes start working in our lives. But it comes with a commitment first. That's what prompted us to ask Titus to bring the relief offering to your attention, and it keeps going. Uh, You do so well in so many things. Now listen here. You do well in so many things. He's looking at this church and saying, you've done great. You're growing. You trust God. You articulate. You're insightful. You're passionate. You love us. Now do your best in this too. So he's going to tell us the principle that we need to add to our growing. So it's just we're adding it to where we've been. So we've been growing all along, and now we're going to add the principle of faith to our growing, and we're going to go further. He says, I'm not trying to order you around against your will. I'm not giving you something that's a law that you have to do. But he's just admonishing you to do this. But by bringing in 
the enthusiasm as a stimulus to your love. I am hoping to bring the best out of you. You're familiar with Jesus, uh, the generosity of our Master Jesus, rich as he was. He gave it all away for us. In one stroke, he became poor that we could become rich. Now, you might uh, put that scripture into giving, but did you know that you can have poverty? You can be poor in your marriage, in your relationships. You can have poverty, and poverty just means lack. But we always, when we hear poverty, we, we think of money or living. People live poor. Well, obviously, that relates to money. They don't have enough money, so they live poor. No, poverty, you could be, have poverty in your health. You, all across, you name it. There could be lack somewhere in your life. Jesus came. He took, he removed the lack out of your life. He became the lack, and he took it. Isn't that awesome? He became the lack in your life, and he removed it so that you didn't have to experience it. But how many times are we experiencing lack? Yeah, I could name places, yeah, where I want more whether it's your children or maybe it's just you or your marriage or just want more. Well, God gave that to you. And it's the principle of faith that believes God and stays committed. Faith is just you stay committed to God and you're believing God at his word. Therefore, it comes to pass in your life. I'm not just coming on a Sunday morning and hearing a great message, a great, (laughs) like we did last Sunday, (laughs) and then leaving, and we forget it. Don't you? You might remember some key things, but to really have that message in your heart, you got to keep hearing it, keep hearing it, keep hearing it, right? Well, that's what the Bible says, how faith comes. Faith comes, or how to believe God more, and I'm not trying, I'm not saying believe God to get more, believe God to get stuff. No, that's where we get off, although we can do that. Being committed to God. You know, a lot of times we start real um, strong on the front side. You know, when you get saved, you're, you're so excited. And oh my gosh, this feeling is awesome. And God is moving in my life. I can see him just moving in me. But then there just comes that time where it's just kind of like, I don't really feel God anymore. And it seems like it's harder to get God to move in my life or then to pray or read the words. really a struggle. And it used to not be that way. Well, that's when we got to stay committed. So if we keep uh, reading here, these people did just that. So in verse 10 it says, so here's what I think. The best thing you can do right now is to finish what you, can, what you started last year and not let those good intentions grow stale. So what they had did, they had said they saw um, oh, the lack and they wanted to meet the lack. Remember it said they, just, they were giving and just giving out of their need. They didn't have a surplus. <laughs> they were poor. You know? But somehow they had 
it to give. And they were happy about it. They were joyful. So it says here, the best thing you can do now is to finish what you started. They had committed, we're going to give to you and we're going to help you. So there was a year's time. And in a, you think a year, a lot happens in a year. So what he's saying is, you started out really strong. You, you were uh, close to God and you were, um, we could say this, you were going to church. You were excited about the things of God. But then there came the middle ground, middle of the year, where things weren't so easy. Money gets tight. But he's saying, no, stay committed and see it through to completion. So many times we give up before the end. The Bible said that he'll lead us into triumph. He'll lead you. He won't just drop you into triumph. <laughs> but he'll lead you day by day. Well, that means every day I'm committed. God, I love you. God, I am living for you. I don't care. It looks chaotic in my life. And you notice he said, we need exhorting. We're here to exhort each other. A pastor can exhort you every week when you come in to help you to go throughout the week and get, get to the next Sunday. <laughs> Amen. But he's saying, stay committed and complete it to the end. Don't give up, but don't lose heart. Stick with God. He says your heart's been in the right place all along. You've got what it takes to finish it, so go to it. <laughs> if you've asked Jesus in your heart, that principle of faith is there. It's in you. Now you just have to grow with it. And how you grow it is just by getting in the Word. You know, there's no regulation of how much time you got to spend in the Word or every day got to do it. It's, it's good to constantly be in the Word. If you miss a day, it's okay. Just get back the next day. You don't have to be in it for hours and hours, although if you want to do that, great. But just sticking to it because the Word will get you over in life, whether you believe it or not. And you may say, well, it's just hard for me to read the Word. Well, just start. All God wants and all he asks is for you just to take a step. But you know something I have figured out is that everything takes a step in life. You think if you get a new job, it's kind of scary, right? But you've got to take a step. Nobody's going to take you by the hand and take you into your job and be there with you the whole time and do the job with you. No, you just got to step out. Okay, I'm going to take a step. And I got this job. So now I've got to go and work a job. Don't know anything about. So it, there's the fear factor there. But something I have found is that the devil will try to uh, make that fear so big <laughs> when it comes to the things of God and uh, moving forward with God. It's like, oh, no, you better not do that because you know how you are. Oh, well, you know, you're not qualified to do that. So you probably should have somebody else pray for you or pray with you. Or mm -mm. Jesus qualified you, right? Jesus <laughs> paid the price for all your lack. That is good news. 
And so if you see lack, just get more in the Word. And I know that it's not going to be something uh, that you don't have to do anything about and that it's just going to be automatic. No, we already read that, but it's going to take something of us doing. But it doesn't take uh, a long, lengthy period of time for God for you to see God move. It doesn't. There are so many stories in this room that it just took a step, and God met them. Right. Took another step, God met them. Right. Took another one, God was always there every step. And so it is easy to just take the step. It says your heart's been in the right place all along. You've got what it takes to finish up. Once the commitment is clear, you do what you can, not what you can't. Once the commitment is clear, you do what you can, and God will make up the rest. It's God's responsibility to do the Word. It's God's responsibility not to fulfill the Word. It's your responsibility to do the action of faith. And so faith, we learned it's a principle of just applying the Word. So when you do that, we can just say, in your giving. When God says, uh, bring your tithe into the storehouse, your storehouse is the church where you go. That's where that's feeding you every week, on an every week, daily basis. And so you're bringing your tithe in. Why? Because I am purposing to trust God. Now, he says in there, don't do it out of obligation, but purpose in your heart what you're going to give. Or purpose in your heart, I'm committing my life to God. So, in following God, you can follow God out of obligation. Well, my parents said I need to do this. My parents said I need to go to church, and so that's why we're here. I know. I mean, everything's, you know, well, I know that I should do this. I know that it's a good thing for me to do. Well, like I said, it's okay to start that way, but then it needs to change into, no, I'm going to purpose my life after God, and I'm going to see God restore my life the way I want it. God will restore you. God will restore marriage. God will restore money. God will restore anything that you need. And I'm telling you, um, earlier this year, Pastor talked about it where we came into, wow, this wall seemed on me huge, way high. thought, dear Lord, how are we going to get through this one? We've never experienced anything like this in ministry, in our life. <laughs> and it was just like, <laughs> just all of a sudden, <laughs> it was like, Wow, okay, so just how he said, what's in you will come out? Okay, this is a time where I can thank God or really just <laughs> go the other way. But um, we, we stayed committed to our family. We stayed committed to ministry. We stayed committed to church. We stayed committed to God. And because we said God. We don't know how to get out of this. We don't know which way to go, how to do it, but you do. And so, God, we thank you for your direction. I thank you that you're going to show us what to do, when to do it, how to do it. We thank you that you're going to send help because God said he'll send help to you to help you in a time of need. And so, praise God, 
when you look this today, I'm standing here today, and it is as if that never took place. You would never know it unless we told you. Or if you looked way back, you could say, oh, well, what happened here? Or, you know, but you would never know it because nothing, nothing changed. It just stayed the same, and then it got better. <laughs> and that's how good God is. It will get better. But it's in the commitment and sticking with it that it gets better. And so the Bible, he just told us, don't lose heart because those promises are in him. Those promises are with him. Those promises are what Jesus paid for you to have. And now when you go over, over in 3 John 2, it says, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. It's talking about your spirit there. Just as your spirit prospers, that everything in the natural will come behind it. So if you're not prospering in your spirit, or if you're not growing in your spirit or your walk with God, the things in the natural will stay stagnant and become to you. Just kind of like that feeling of what's going on. You're unhappy. You're miserable. You don't know why, but you just, I'm just not, it's just not working. That's that feeling. But if you check back and say, well, am I growing in God? Am I being committed to what God has for me? That's where it is. And so if you keep growing spiritually, you automatically will grow naturally. Just how, how it works. But when you go over to... Uh, Chapter 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it talks more in there. If you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. Again, we say that's according to money, and you can use it toward that. But how about your walk with God? Well, if I sow a little bit or try God a little bit, then that's what I get. But a lot of times we're sowing a little bit, and we want a lot from God. And it's just the principle all it is is the principle, and God has to go according to his word. He's not a mean God, but he does want you to want him. And he wants you to be committed to him. Because you'll find out the more committed you are, the easier it becomes. I'll say that again. The more committed you'll be to God, the easier it will become to walk this life with him. Amen. And so intervention means that we're growing together, that we're growing strong together. If we're growing strong together, that means we're accomplishing more for God. Things are moving and things are shaking in our lives when we grow together. We're all at different places, but we're together in this. And we're here to help you grow because that's, when you start living the life, the blessed life, as we had earlier, those videos before, that's when you start really seeing the blessed life that God has for you. The Bible tells us that they became prosperous. It all began with a decision and a heart in the right place. But when he is speaking to them, it's a year later. So remember in that time, he's saying, don't lose heart, don't give up but stay committed to growing in God. Don't let the devil remove you from God. Don't let the devil take you out of church because things just aren't going right. 
things just aren't going my way. Well, just start trusting God, having faith, or just believing in Him that He's a good God and that He will see you through. So when you apply the principle, it is an action of faith. It's just a principle of commitment, a principle of faith, and trusting in Him. So you can go ahead and stand. You may be here today and you may say, you know what? Uh, for a lot of years, I've just been trying God. Or you may say, you know what? I, I have lately started to purpose in my heart that God is for me. He's not against me. And he's for my children and my family. But it's been tough. Can you, can you raise your hand in here and say, you know what? I've hit a place of I'm just kind of at that spot like, God, I need you to move or I'm done. <laughs> or I need something to happen in my life. So I'm just going to pray with you. We're going to pray together. And we're going to get God working in your home, in your life. Father, we thank you that your word is true. Lord, we thank you that if you said that you would work for us and you'd move on our behalf, that you'll do it, Lord. Lord, I thank you that we're committing this day to you. We're committing our lives to you. We're purposing in our hearts to live for you at whatever cost. The Bible said that they gave to God unreservedly, that they gave, they purposed in their hearts to give their lives to God, not holding anything back. When we give to God and not hold anything back, that's when God can freely move in our lives, on our behalf, in our relationships, in our health. Father, I thank you for the anointing. I thank you that you're moving right now, that you're helping us this week to live consecrated for you. And that we see changes in our lives. We see changes in our homes. And this is the best year yet to date. Or that we'll finish strong. That we'll complete that which we have started with you. And will not give up. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the team is just going to worship with us for the last time. But have an awesome week.